right, everybody, welcome back. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. This is the Red Solo Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Coe, coming at you with part three of my ACC preseason prediction. And before we hop into that, and I give you my final four teams, I do want to talk about some news that's breaking out. Odell Beckham is done for with the Cleveland Browns. It is a failed experiment, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. I think, honestly, anybody could have seen this coming. He really hasn't panned out. I think he's a little overrated, to be honest with you. Look for the Raiders after the whole Henry Rugg situation. Awful, awful tragedy there. Um, shout out to Derek Carr for just being a stand-up dude. Look for the Ravens possibly to get him. I know the Patriots. The Patriots are always in the mix. I mean, let's be honest. But let's also talk about the news that broke out over the weekend. So, man, Oklahoma State. So news broke that they lost their appeal and they will serve a postseason ban for this season. We now know that the Cowboys season is done for. Their season will end March 5th against Texas Tech. And I got to say, man, that really sucks for those guys over there putting all that effort in. Six days before the season, the NCAA, like the cowards that they are, hands down this punishment, even though, look, they they served their time. It was over $300 that was paid to a player. He repaid that $300. And, I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about $300, people. He paid that $300 back. He he also served a three-game suspension. The Oklahoma State Cowboys, they were, they were super up front with the NCAA. They, they made sure that they wanted to be open and cooperative with the NCAA, and it came back and bit them. So you have to ask yourself, what's the point of even cooperating with the NCAA? Look, I know I give heat to Carolina a lot, but Right now, and probably forever and always, Carolina's going to be the example, and they're going to be the one getting compared to all the time whenever a team gets in trouble with the NCAA because they got off scotch-free three times, and you committed the biggest academic fraud ever. So, sorry, Carolina fans, you're always going to be compared to because you got a slap on the wrist. Now, that's what's so weird is that the assistant coach that was involved with this, Lamont Evans, he was actually a coach at... South Carolina and South Carolina had the same situation sort of going on and they didn't even get a slap on the wrist. Same thing with Creighton. They didn't get a slap on the wrist. So why is it that a guy that was a head coach for these, these guys was caught in the act and you know, they, they get off scotch free, but Oklahoma state doesn't. So for, let me just say for all the people that are saying, you know, you know, why, why did Oklahoma state get off and, and whatnot? It's because they did have an appeal and with the appeal, it gave them some time with Cade Cunningham. I know everybody wants to say, well, the NCAA, we just wanted to make their money and, and they didn't want to do anything. And that's fine. Like the, I know the NCAA is a little crooked and, and whatnot, but you also have to remember these appeals take time and, you know, they bought them time. The FBI and the feds were all, you know, basically saying, you know, get out of our way. We're going to figure this out. We're going to do it. And, um, that that that's just that's just that. So their season is over, and it, it sucks. It really does suck because you know this is the first time in NCAA history 
where a school has received a ban without being assessed one of these five major violations. So there's five major violations that that can happen and, and cause postseason ban or even uh, more. So those five are head coach responsibility charge, lack of institutional co- control, failure to monitor, any recruiting violation, and academic fraud. And Oklahoma State did none of those, and they still got the postseason ban. So look, I'm, you guys know I'm a diehard State fan. This is probably the worst news possible for everybody involved, but especially NC State, because you got to remember this is the bar. This is the lowest on the totem pole, and they still got a postseason ban. So I'm really scared for NC State. I hope that for whatever reason we get off, and you know it sucks. It sucks because none of these players had anything to do with this on NC State, on Oklahoma State. Now, you do have to also point the finger. I was talking about this on the Red and White podcast. I hope you guys go listen to the newest episode. Me and Evan, or Evan and I, we both, man, that was a great episode. I really hope you guys check that out. We did like a little ACC preseason preview in in one episode. And, you know, I think think you have to look at it like this. You know, I talked about Musa Cisse on Oklahoma State. So he originally committed to Memphis while Memphis was under investigation, left one school under under investigation and then went to another school under investigation at Oklahoma State. So it's kind of on him. It wasn't really the smartest move because he's probably going to go to the league this year. He, he has that ability to at least get picked up and, and be on an NBA roster. So yeah, it, it's, it's like, I'm not blaming CSA for, for going to a good program because Oklahoma State was actually supposed to be pretty good. Uh, they were picked, I think, fourth in the preseason in their conference. So that's just a crappy situation. And, you know, what else can you expect from the NCAA? I mean, those guys, that that is so crooked, so evil to do that six days before. You need to have some type of set date and and not right before the season. I hate that for those players. And, and I'm really scared for NC State because we did far worse. Yes, we fired the coach. Yes, there's nobody on this roster or even the same AD. Uh, is, is still here and and we're still probably going to get some type of ban some type of penalty something I mean something big's coming our way for sure and that really sucks because it's kind of up in the air and I know that our recruiting is going to take a dive so speaking of ACC let's get into the meat of this show the reason why you guys are all here Let's talk about my top four so these are my top four in the ACC in this order we're going to go four to one and as you guys know, these four are probably the biggest contenders for the ACC. These are the four that definitely feel like they have a shot to win the ACC. Now, there are a couple of teams that, that I feel like are slept on, and, and that includes you know Notre Dame is a little slept on. But the, these guys are, are my top four teams, and it may surprise you guys because I, I kind of went against the the popular vote to put Duke one. Duke is not one in my list. You'll you'll see where they fall, but let's start off with number four. Number four is Virginia Tech. So Virginia Tech had a great season last year. I know that COVID stopped them from playing a lot of games, but this team is for real. In my opinion, they have the best starting five in the ACC, and right there behind them is, is Carolina. They're, they're, they're right there, but yeah, Virginia Tech. I, I'm a huge fan of Mike Young and his ability to turn this program into something special. He really has done that. And all eyes have to be on Kevin Aluma. He is my pick for the ACC Player of the Year. There's a lot of great candidates, but I think Kevin Aluma is going to be the reason that Virginia Tech really excels. Um, Mike Young also brought over 
uh, the Wofford transfer where he coached them at Wofford. Storm Murphy. Storm Murphy is is the prize for this team. He is going to – I could see him even start, but I'd really like to see him come off the bench because it would add a little bit of depth. That's the big weakness with this Hokie team. They don't have a whole lot of depth. It's it's, it's going to be a, probably like a seven- or eight-man rotation, and I don't really love their bench. And uh, Storm Murphy, I'd really like to see him come off the bench if he can because he's going to provide that electricity. He's going to be a great shooter possibly one of the better shooters in the ACC. He is going to let it stroke from beyond the arc. Uh, you got to look at Kevin Aluma, though. You know, this guy can score. He can rebound. He can defend. He is athletic. He will be the guy on this team. If you're if you're looking at other guys that can maybe add a little bit, look for senior forward Justin Mitts and expect a whole lot of small ball four-guard lineups with this with this team. Look, Blacksburg is probably one of the hardest places to play. I know you guys have seen the Inter Sandman videos, and 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 you know they they get loud in that arena. I really really like what they're doing with the Hokies. Now they did lose a little bit, and that's why I I'm a little critical on this this bench. You know, losing Tyrese Radford in late June was really weird, but what was even weirder is Jalen Cohn leaving to go to Northern Arizona. I felt like that was a major step down for him. He is a capable scorer, a capable shooter. He had a really good season for them last year, and he goes to Northern Arizona. Maybe he just wants to go be the guy, and I can respect that for sure, and he definitely will be the guy for Northern Arizona, but this is a guy that is is a for sure ACC type of player. So to see him go to Northern Arizona was a little weird because I think he could have played a whole lot of minutes for Virginia Tech, maybe even start here and there. But I would have, I would put this team probably top two if Jalen Cohn would have stayed. And, and it's not like you know Jalen Cohn is this excellent, incredible, game-changing type of player. It just adds so much depth and it adds so much spacing with their offense. So losing him is going to be pretty big. If you're looking for a shot in the dark, somebody who can maybe provide some good minutes, look for freshman Sean Padula. Um, so the outlook on this team, look, they were top three all season long. They're going to be top three fighting there all season long this year too. The depth, I don't like the depth. You guys know that. But this is a team that can easily run through the ACC. And if they can stay healthy, I mean, we're talking about a Sweet 16, maybe even a Elite Eight. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a little far-fetched. But I just, I really love the build of this team. The bench is scary. That is the one thing that's holding them back. So number three coming in, Virginia. That's right. We're talking about the Wahoos. Tony Bennett, man. And this is just a respect type of, of pick for me. So this is why I have Virginia three, not you know the Carolina like other people look to, to put Hubert Davis in front of Tony Bennett. It's just a slap in Tony Bennett's face. This is a guy that nine times out of 10 is going to be the best coach on the floor. He's going to outcoach you. Look, this is a guy that gets it done ugly, and he's going to have to do it with this roster. There's not a whole lot to love with this roster. In fact, I don't love the roster at all. Uh, there's only really a, a handful of guys that I'm really super confident in. But the but the fact that you know you bring in Kia Clark again feels like this guy just is on his tenth or, or eleventh year playing college ball. I mean, good God, this guy can't go away. He's obviously going to be the the point man there for for Virginia. And then you got to look at their transfer market. They hit the transfer market really, really well. And I don't think enough people are talking about that. So you have Indiana transfer Armand Franklin. He's actually a really great shooter and he defends super, super well. It's actually a perfect fit for Tony Bennett and his offense and his defense. He's going to be one of their better defenders. 
and he's going to be one of their better shooters. Expect Franklin to have a big impact and start right away. What what more can you love if you're Tony Bennett? You get a guy that can run three and D. That's just all he's going to be asked to do, and, and he's going to do that really, really well for them. But the star transfer is from ECU. That's right, the Pirates, guys. I mean, this guy, Jaden Gardner, Look, I, I when he announced he transferred, I was on this guy. This is the, the for all my guys in, in the red and white uh, pod chat. You guys know I've been on Jaden Gardner since he decommitted from ECU, decided to transfer out, and NC State was in the mix. I believe he, he was in their uh, top five, and I felt really good about it. I thought he was going to come to us, man, and then he chose Virginia, and I was super bummed about that because. Jaden Gardner can play, man. He averaged 18.3 points per game, 8.3 rebounds per game. He's a great, great rebounder, and he can score, obviously. Now, I don't think that those points are going to transfer over quite like they did from ECU to Virginia, strictly because tougher competition, but more so because of the slow pace offensive game. Look, this is a team that's going to have to keep you in below 60s, and they did that Throughout much of the of last season, they allowed other teams to score just over 60 points per game. It was actually third nationally. And look, you can argue, you know, Virginia wasn't a great team, but they were still in the mix. And that just goes to show how great of a coach Tony Bennett is. But look for Jaden Gardner. He is going to be asked to, uh, to do a lot, especially after losing Justin McCoy and uh, Casey Marcel, obviously, at NC State. I'm a big fan of Jaden Gardner, and I think he's going to take over that uh, ball dominant type of guard. You know, again, they're going to have to to scratch out some ugly wins, but that's just exactly how Bennett likes to do it. He's a great coach, and it's more so faith in in the coach rather than the team because this team really leaves a lot to uh, to be desired, and uh, they just got to stick to their roots. It's it's defense, man, and and they're the best at it, and that's why I've got them at number three. So. Moving on, look, guys, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm not going to give Duke any respect in terms of it's K's last year, so we're going to automatically put them one, which is why they're my number two. Duke coming in at number two. So the Blue Devils have a great squad. They absolutely, and I think that it's fair to put them two. They have not won the ACC regular season in 10 years, but year in and year out, they are projected first. I get it. They have a lot of great players that come in and out. Obviously, they have the big get of the offseason. Paolo Benchero, this guy is a five-star number two overall player in the top 100. This guy is going to light it up. This is this is the guy on the team. This guy is going to lead probably every stat in the nation when it comes to freshmen. This guy is ridiculous. He is all that in a bag of chips, guys. Watch out for Paolo Benchero. He he very well very very may well have a twenty and twenty type of game. I mean, this guy is just rock solid. So there's a lot to like about this roster. Obviously, you have Ben Chero, you have the Marquette transfer in Theo John. Not really a great score, but what he does well is defend and rebound. And if you're gonna surround yourself with other great scorers on this roster, you're gonna need a gritty guy like that. So I really like that get for Duke. He's gonna be kind of that unsung hero that doesn't get a whole lot of love, but he's gonna be the reason for a lot of close wins because he's gonna get the dirty job done. Another guy that that Duke fans probably are super excited about and they rightfully should be is the second-year center, Mark Williams. Mark Williams actually had a great end of the year last year, was playing some of his best ball, 
I, I believe he was averaging double digit points right at double digit rebounds. Like this guy was on fire. He really came alive. So they're going to need him to step up, but I'm looking at Wendell Moore. I think if Wendell Moore and Jeremy Roach, if they can take that step, if they can become the players that we thought they'd be. And obviously Roach still has time. He's in his second year, but Wendell Moore closing in on his career at Duke, if they can step in and be those leaders, this is going to be a special Duke team. It's going to be a really, really good team. And, you know, look, they went out and got some great shooters. You know, A.J. Griffin, Trevor Keels, both are going to help space the floor. And that's going to be a big thing for this Duke team. They were 12th in the ACC in field goal percentage. They're going to have to spread the ball around. They obviously got some proven scores, but look, again and again, time and time again, Duke does not play good defense. And sure enough, they're not good on defense last year. So that's the big key to watch out for Duke. They're going to rebound. They're going to score for sure, but can they defend? Look, the 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 talk of the town all season long, you're probably going to get tired of it. Probably in the first game against Kentucky is the amount of Coach K goodbye messages that we're going to hear. I guarantee you the game is supposed to start around 8 or uh, or 9. I guarantee you it's not going to start 45 minutes after that. I mean, they're going to they're going to drag this thing out. They are going to squeeze out every little bit they can for Coach K. As they should. He's a great coach. He, he's the best coach ever. You know, he, he lasts like five to ten years has been really annoying to put up with him for sure he's starting to, to lose that that magic that college basketball fans have for him but it's still coach k and that's going to be the talk for duke can they send him off into the sunset they're going to be fighting for it i wouldn't be surprised if they won the acc i mean seriously this team is super super talented it's maybe it maybe not isn't the the greatest team Coach K has ever had at Duke, but it's a hell of a squad to go out with. So can Duke ride off into the sunset? Can K take them to the promised land, put a net around his neck, and go out on top? Maybe. Definitely maybe. I mean, this is a strong team to do it with. I wonder if... It's so hard to tell with Duke. How many times did they get upset? I mean, I was at the Lehigh game where C.J. McCollum went off. You know, I, I, I've seen this time and time again. Duke finds himself losing to lesser competition. I mean, look at State. There's so many times where we shouldn't have beat them. Look at that Dennis Smith Jr. team. They just, they do this, man. They do this. They lose to inferior competition time and time again. And that's going to be kind of a stain on Coach K's resume. Obviously, it's it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. He's the greatest coach. Like, he's decorated in, in trophies and medals and awards, but that's what's what's going to be the talk of this season. It's Coach K and Duke. They are going to be top three. All right. I know the last couple of years they haven't been very good, but they are going to be top three. And you know, I'm I'm excited for for Coach K. You know, I, I, I like Coach K for the most part, I've been pretty critical on him throughout uh, the last couple of years, but rightfully so. He's kind of done some of this stuff to himself. I think Duke fans can can at least agree to that to some extent. But look, this is a good squad, but it's it's the same problems year in and year out. Great squad, lots of talent, lots of freshmen, lots of five stars, but they can't defend. They can score really well, but they can't defend. They can rebound really well, but they can't defend. At the end of the day, you got to be able to defend at least a little bit. And that's why I said Notre Dame is my super, super dark horse because they don't defend at all. 
<laughs> they just outshoot everybody. Um, so good squad. Can they be a great squad? Can they can they take Duke to the promised land? We'll see. We'll see. They, they'll be in talks for sure. So leading uh, the ACC is my number one team, the Florida State Seminoles. That's right. They are my number one team, and they have been for quite some time. Look, we got to start giving Leonard Hamilton some respect. I know he's 72. I think he's turning 73 soon. So he, he's on his way out here pretty soon. And look, he's been great. He has been phenomenal. And I think it's time we give him and Florida State the program that he has built some respect. There's only been three teams to have reached at least the Sweet 16 in the past three NCAA tournaments. Those teams include Michigan, Gonzaga, and Florida State. And how many times year in and year out do we consider Michigan and Gonzaga for the better part of the past five years ever since Jordan Howard took over at Michigan, how many times have we said that they're going to be a great team all season long? But Florida State is never in that talks. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're in the back half of the top 25. I haven't looked at it uh, recently, but I'm pretty sure I saw them in the back half. And it's just so crazy to me. This is a very talented team. Now, look, they lost a lot for sure, but let's look at their record at home alone. Let, let's just Let's just talk about this real quick. So this is a team that is 77 and 4 in their last 81 home games and have won 25 straight home games. That's the second longest streak in ACC history, and they only trail that streak by one game. So you know they're going to get it. Look, they don't lose at home. It's tough to play there, okay? I'm pretty sure they they shot over 70% against uh, NC State. Like, insane. It's insane. And, yes, they lose a lot. They lose a shit ton. There's really not a better way to put it. The Seminoles lost their top scorer, their leader in assists, steals, their top shot blocker, and their top rebounder. And you're probably thinking to yourself, what the hell matter? Are you insane? What are you smoking? Why do you have them number one? Because that's just what Florida State does. They went out and got a star. This guy is going to be a star. And a, honestly, I wanted to put him as ACC Player of the Year, but we all know Florida State is going to be good. We all know Florida State is going to be elite in the top two for sure. And that's Caleb Mills. Caleb Mills, the transfer from Houston, is a proven scorer, a lethal scorer. He is going to be a rock star. Next to him is the five-star guard forward Matthew Cleveland, another insane scorer. I mean, they, that's the thing about this Florida State team, which is why I'm super excited to watch them. They attacked you in multiple ways with a bunch of role-playing guys. Obviously, they have their seven-foot-tall giants. They've got three of them. And a fourth guy that I believe is 6'10", 6'11", so he's right there. They still have that, obviously. I mean, it's Leonard Hamilton in Florida State. But I don't think that enough people are talking about Anthony Polite. He's the number one three-point shooter on this team. He returns, and he only started 16 games last season. And he led this squad, an already great three-point shooting team. Polite and Caleb Mills are going to be Robin and Batman. I I put that in the article. I'm saying it now. Those two are going to be dynamic. That's what I love about this Florida State team. They have size. They have athleticism. And they've got go-to scores. They've never really had that in the last few years under Leonard Hamilton. And now they've got, instead of a bunch of guys, they got some dudes. They got some some ballers, some bucket getters. All right. Matthew Cleveland is going to, to compete for all ACC freshman team for sure. For sure. Really love this squad. They've reached Elite Eight time and time again. I I, I actually picked them to win the tournament last year. And 
God, at the time I thought it was such a good pick. And, and then I look back and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Uh, I just think that this is a proven squad, a proven coach, and it's time we give them the respect they deserve. He is building a basketball program over there. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens after him. But for the time being, Florida State is a basketball program. Their football team is terrible. I hope I don't eat these words when NC State plays them this weekend, but we'll see. But look, give Leonard Hamilton the same respect you give Coach K. I'm not calling Leonard Hamilton the greatest coach of all time. I'm not saying any of that. He is definitely the best head coach at Florida State. It's not even close. He's been to more Sweet 16s and and tournaments than all the other former coaches combined. But... What I'm trying to say is his legacy in the ACC, his legacy at, at the school that he is currently at. They're building a powerhouse over there, and it's only getting better. I mean, look at how many team, how many players have been drafted under Leonard Hamilton and have went to the league and played great, great ball. Florida State's my pick, guys. Florida State is my pick to win it outright regular season. We'll see who wins the ACC championship. I think there's three teams to really watch out for. Obviously, you have Florida State, like I said, Duke, and Virginia Tech. And then, like I said, my super, 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 super dark horse, Notre Dame. All right? Those are my four teams. Those are my four teams. If I'm going to throw a wild card in there, Notre Dame would be the fourth. Look, guys, I'm I'm so excited for this season. It is four days away. I'm going to be watching all the college basketball that I can get, and I I just can't wait. I'm super excited. I've got a lot of stuff in the works, and I'm super excited to share this upcoming news with you guys, and uh, thank you all for the support. Thank you all for the likes, the comments, the interactions on Instagram. You can find me at Red Solo Sports on Instagram. You know, give me a like, give me a rating, leave a comment, tell me what you think, Um, but I'm going to get out of here. I hope you guys have a great day. Stay safe. Love one another. And uh, yeah, let's get out of here. Thank you for listening. Next time, grab a cup, fill it up. And we'll talk some sports next week. Peace out.